Hello everyone, I've been thinking about cutting the cord. No silly, not like that. I'm thinking of dropping cable and trying out one of the many choices in internet television services. There's PlayStation View, DirecTV Now, YouTube TV and Hulu TV. How am I supposed to make the decision? Oh well I guess I will have to trial them all and get back to you. Oh and here's Jason and Steven with some entertainment news. Another episode of Entertainment Landfill News. I am your host, the Jstrom. Welcome to the show, this lovely show where we talk about film, television, pop culture, that kind of stuff. It's been a while since we've done a show. I'm sorry about that. I apologize. It's all uh, your fault. Yeah, it is all my fault. Hey, wait, who's that? What? That's to my left, Stephen the Pop Culture Zealot. What's happening? Hello, Stephen. I didn't mean to break your train of thought, but... Uh, how are you doing today? <laughs> no, that's quite all right, Stephen. We're, this is our warm-up when we get ready to do the show. We haven't talked for a while, so this is our little warm-up. How are you doing, Stephen? Well, fantastic, sir. Thank you. Stephen, you? I'm doing fantastic. We've seen some films but yes. in our little uh, sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Um. So we, we're going to talk about those, but it's uh, nice to get back to doing a show. When you don't do a show for a while, it kind of, there's this thing in the back of your head like, do you really need to do a show? Uh, I could do something else. Let's go see Skyscraper with a Rock or something. No, I don't want to go see that. Okay, I'll do a show or something. You know, uh, I'm sorry, but Skyscraper, I'd rather do a show than <laughs> go see Skyscraper. <laughs> When I saw the trailer, I was like, hmm, something awfully familiar about all this. Let's see. Guys taking over a building. One guy to stop him. Hmm. I wonder, uh, Stephen, can you think of anything? How hard it would be for him to die. <laughs> yeah. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. Wait, what? No. A different, not, not that. I'm talking about rated R Die Hard. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, but Stephen, uh, thank you for uh, joining me this evening on Entertainment Landfill News here in the, the uh, broadcast clubhouse, as it were. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, where were you this week? 
I was in Kansas City. Ah, Kansas! It's so good to hear about Kansas. Is that a nice place? Hello, Frisco! It's not Frisco. (laughs) You know, what's funny is Emma this week has been to San Francisco. She's on vacation with Grandma. They went to Sacramento, and then they visited San Francisco. I put a picture on Facebook where they were next to the Golden Gate Bridge. Have you been to San Francisco? Yes. You have been to Frisco? Hello, Frisco! (laughs) Well, that's awesome. It's so our good friends, Ross and Adam. Yeah, I already knew that. I just wanted the drop to play. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's been a while, hasn't they it? They also live in the 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 Bay, the Bay area. area. If you had to go again, would you tell them in advance so you could yes. hook up with them? Yeah, of course I would. That would be awesome. I mean, if if they're available, I would. You know, you know. Recently, Adam play. from the Bay Area was in Dallas. Remember me telling you right. about that? Mm-hmm. He was like, "Jason, oh man, it's killing me. I'm here in Dallas, but I don't have time to come visit you. I'm sorry." I was like, then "Why bother telling me, Adam? <laughs> why bother telling me?" No, I'm kidding. But I know how it is. He's busy. Uh, but it would have been. I, I liked you teasing him about Waterburger, and I also teased him about Waterburger. Yeah. Since he's a California guy. Sorry, California. excuse me, everyone. <laughs> what the hell was that? That was a that was a burp, my burp. Why was that playing in the background? But yeah, I I asked him once about. Uh, what was his favorite fast food place? And he said, In-N-Out Burger. And I was like, yeah, In-N-Out Burger's here, and I've tried it a couple times. It's not that good. It's kind of soggy burger. The Mm -hmm. fries aren't that good. But I've actually heard that it's not the same as in, you know, they do everything the same, and they pride themselves on the the buns and the the, the French fries. The humidity here making everything wilty. I don't know, but everyone says it's fantastic. You know, don't you hear that all the time? Like, oh, in and out burger. This is so good. And I've had him like, that's okay. It's mostly like messy. Like, dude, ease up on the sauce, you know? I went to, in Kansas City. And I don't like that paper crap they wrap everything in. Talking about burgers, went to, I was in Kansas City and I was like, I was hungry and it was late and I was like trying to find a place. I was like, well, there's a Wendy's. I have eaten Wendy's. There was a Culver's. I've never eaten it one before. Culver's. Yes. And they do like ice cream and junk too. But they did a mm. this burger that was really excellent. Flame broiled. Very tasty burger. Ooh, I like uh, that. I like flame broiled. Damn it, you burger punk! And then I got a uh, hot fudge and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and Oreo cookie concrete. So. Oh, nice. Nice little dessert there. Steven, that sounds uh, healthy. It was. Right before bedtime. <laughs> oh, I bet it knocked you out, didn't it? Yes. I love a good burger. Mmm. Gourmet all-beef burger topped with sautéed onion, bacon, Swiss cheese, and their secret weapon, Sharon's Chipotle barbecue sauce. Oh, yeah. Wait, who's Sharon? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, hamburgers. I guess I'm hungry now, all of a sudden. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me, everyone. <laughs> that laugh in the background. Uh, Heather, be quiet over there. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, so, Stephen, uh, we have a couple of voicemails. Usually I like to wait till later, but we haven't done a show in so long. I want to hear from some of our listeners and see what's going on with them. Yes. And uh, 
get them to talk a little bit, maybe bring up some uh, things to talk about. Our first voicemail is Rick Lidster. Hey! No way. Rick from Australia. Rick, I love you. Aw, that's sweet, Stephen. Let's check it out. <laughs> Hello, Entertainment Landfill, aka Nowhere Moment. It's Rico from Australia. Uh, I'm still listening. <laughs> I'm still loving it. Um, Dramatic pause there. It's always great to like hear some familiar voices talking about cool stuff. It's just, it's just the best. So thank you for still going, and I appreciate it. And I love you guys. So, don't start believing. Oh. <clears throat> um, I recently watched um, the series finale of Sense8, and I loved it. Uh, I don't know why I just fell in love with Sense8 from the beginning. Uh, you know, made by the Wachowskis. You know, I love The Matrix. Um, yeah. What's that speedy one called? Uh, oh, I need to edit this. Um, speed. Speedy. Something speed. Speedy. Um, oh wait, no. Nah, let, let me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a second. I'm going to think of it. Um, we're forgetting things too. Speed Racer. Friggin' hell. I got it. It took, just took hell. me way too long. Sorry, I've had like a bottle of vodka. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I listened to like three episodes today and, you know, I just wanted to express my appreciation for the show because I still love it, as always, as I have for like 10 years. And it's great. Um, uh, so, yeah, so, <laughs> god damn, I should really not send this, uh, Sensei, I really think it's an amazing show, it's not perfect, naturally, like, there's not many perfect stuff out there, but Sensei is just, like, quality, fun, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Infinity War, in, in, in a way, where... Over the course of the two seasons, and then the Christmas special, and then the final, like different characters like meet up at different times, and you just like this character plus this character, and you get a whole new like vibe and shit. So it's just like characters like teaming up, but in the Sensei universe, and it's really really fun. And I to this day I still say it's like a must watch. Um, if you like feeling good, it's not a, uh, it's not depressing. It's just like a feel good show. And as long as you're open to, uh, some, <laughs> some man on man and girl on girl type stuff, then it's a, it's a fucking right. fun show. You know, if you're, <laughs> if you're a Republican, I'm guessing you're not going to be into it. <laughs> That's kind of the fun of it. It's like, hey, guess what? We're showing you this. Deal with it or get off the bus. And I really like that about the show. And, yeah, it's not perfect. It's definitely have some faults and some, like, holes in the story and whatever. But as a whole, and 
the characters definitely like make the show. So I I really enjoyed the um, the finale, even though the finale wasn't as good as like half of the episodes. It was still a good send off and stuff. So I really enjoyed it. Anyway, I just wanted to send you a quick voicemail and saying still listening, still love you guys, and I looking forward to more of what you guys are going to be doing. Thank you, Jason and Stephen, for continuing it on, and I hope to hear Bill on the show again soon. So, oh, yeah. This was Rick from Australia. Love you. Love you Thank too, you so Rick. much, Rick. You know, when Sense8 first uh, premiered on Netflix, I think it was 2015, I'm looking here on IMDb pretending like I knew, uh, I made it about six episodes into it and I always meant to come back to it. Sometimes something will happen like a show will come on and I'll start watching it and then another show will premiere or something and it, oh, oh my attention's over here now, you know. Oh wait, what's this? Oh and I get and that just happens to me. You know, it happens with uh video games too, you know. Oh oh, oh, oh I'm going over here. Oh, oh I'm interested in this right now. Huh? Uh but I've always meant to get back to it. And then I heard season two was really good and it had this incredible like uh, cliffhanger and then Netflix canceled it. And then it was like this huge deal. Everyone was very upset. The, the fandom of the show. And they're like, we need this show. It has representation. It has uh, what we need, what we want to see on our televisions. And uh, Netflix actually was, were was like okay we'll give you a, a movie that will finish off the series and the wachowskis were like all right we'll do it and they did this now a wrap-up kind of movie i don't know if it's maybe like three hours long or something but uh they did what they could in a short amount of time right, right. uh which i think was nice that it they got to finish it Instead of it just being a cliffhanger that never got solved, which happens sometimes on shows when they get canceled. And that can be really disappointing. But uh, I do want to get back to that show and watch it because I thought it was very intriguing. Very, most of all, it was just super interesting. And the characters, I was already starting to care about the characters. I think, Rick, the last episode I watched was the one where a woman... In, I believe she's in India. She's going to get married in an arranged marriage. But there's this other guy, the sensate, who keeps seeing visions of her. And at the very end, he appears to her. He's standing there stark naked in front of her whole wedding or something. Only she can see him, though, which is funny. And then that was the end of the episode. And um, uh, I need to pick up from where I left off. At least I remember where I left off. <laughs> Um, you just don't remember what episode. Yeah, I'm thinking it was around six or something. Now, uh, we have another voicemail. This one, Adam Saxton. <clears throat> we want to thank Rick, too. Awesome. Great hearing from you after all this time. Yes. Thank you very much, Rick. It's good to hear from you all this time. And I think about you every once in a while. You know, I've been listening to old shows, too. Uh, I'll just... Uh, you know, it's funny because I have the Podbean app and I will like, like just go woo and let it go. The little screen slides down and then I'll just hit an episode and hit play and there'll be like a Rick voicemail in it or something. And I'll laugh and I'm like, I wonder what Rick's up to. 
But I just wanted to say something about Bill, Mulberry Bill. Uh, his father passed away last week, and I was very sad to hear that. And I, uh, I talked to him and uh, to see how he's doing, and he appreciates everybody reaching out and people on Facebook and stuff like that. And it's very sad, but uh, we love Bill here, and I let him know that we're here for him if he ever needs to you know, talk to me. or. Uh, but uh, we're uh, thinking of you, Bill. That's what I, I sent him a little PM too on Facebook. Yeah, it's just I wish that uh, I could talk to him more. I know he's extremely busy, but uh, we t- we talked a little bit, and uh, I hope to talk to him more. But he he's he's doing a little bit better now. But you know, it's going to take a while. But uh, Bill, we're thinking about you. Love you, Bill. Now we have a we have a voicemail from. <laughs> The peanut gallery. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have another voicemail. This is Adam Sexton. Let's check it out. See what Adam's up to. Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. This is Adam Sexton sending you a voicemail. I am uh, glad to know that you guys are recording tonight. So I'm going to try to make this brief because I'm uh, at work and probably on company time. So, uh, so let's, uh, let's get on with it. Um, Really loved the uh, E3 uh, episode with uh, Jaystrom, with uh, you and Emma, and uh, I love the special guest that was uh, uh, Adam Howard, a.k.a. Adam from the Bay Area, a.k.a. King of the Drops, a.k.a. Mother of Dragons, a.k.a. the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. It was <laughs> it was a very informative, uh, very thorough overview of all the uh, announcements. And uh, thank you for always uh, getting getting together uh, with your guest or guests, uh, plural, uh, in the sense of for covering uh, uh, you know game press conferences and. Hopefully, uh, we'll get to see and play some of these games in the near future. Um, I don't have much news other than to give you some brief reactions to some movies that I've seen. One that we need to talk about because I know that uh, the two of you have uh, uh, that I know that the, the director John Woo has been a reoccurring uh, a subject uh, in the history of your podcast in the past. But uh, it feels like no one's talking about uh, the last film he put out, which is still currently on Netflix, and that is Manhunt. And <laughs> it's his return it. to uh, uh, gangs and uh, bullets. Uh, uh, so what do you what would you call it? a bullet ballet, or however they call it? But it's you know it's a, a Chinese and Korean production. And for the first first hour, I'd say it does pretty much what you expect it to but then it takes a really weird turn in the second half where it starts embracing some uh science fiction elements and i'm not going to spoil it because i think you should go into this movie as cold as possible but ultimately i think this is the silliest movie that john woo has ever made sillier even than mission impossible 2 which is actually saying something but I liked it anyway, so I really would like for you guys to watch it and discuss it, and uh, we'll, I guess we can get into a 
spoiler filled review or something, but I just want to know what you guys would think of that because man, it, I did not see what happens in the second half of that movie coming at all. Uh, recently, uh, because I have an AMC theater where I live, AMC just recently put out this, their version of, I guess what is called the movie pass where, uh, you pay 20 bucks a month yeah. and you get to see like three movies up per week. And unlike movie pass, it doesn't have to be Multi-pass. 2d. It can be 3d movies. It can be an IMAX. If your AMC theater has an IMAX screening, uh, room and, uh, I, and I went to three movies last weekend and I, so far I'd say it's a pretty good service. I mean, I usually go to movies on the weekend. I have no time or energy to see anything during the actual week. And, uh, I wasn't hit with any surcharges trying to get a ticket. It was a painless process and uh had a pretty good experience so far let's see last week i saw uh ant-man and the wasp and and i know you guys are going to be talking about that uh i thought it was a great fun two hours it was a nice lift for the spirits in in uh comparison to the to the i guess the funeral dirge that was uh ventures infinity war but uh i love the little stinger of the first uh in credit sequence. Uh, but anyway, enjoy that. The, the, the 3d is the best way to see that, see that movie. Uh, second movie I saw was, uh, Sicario, uh, day of the Sodaldo. I'm probably mispronouncing that something furious, uh, Sicario to whatever electric bright electric boogaloo. <laughs> and, uh, I think it's a pretty good follow-up. Um, I still prefer the first one. I think it, has more of an emotional edge to it, and Emily Blunt's performance really gave the movie a beating heart, and this movie just really goes for the nihilistic uh, trappings of that story. And uh, But it's, it's, it's a phenomenal action film on its own right, but uh, it does not make you uh, uh, optimistic for the future of humanity or the uh, drug war, so to speak. Uh, third movie I saw was Ocean's 8, and I figured I had to get this in before it got pulled from theaters, <laughs> which it did. And uh, I'm a fan of the Ocean's movies, and this was a great um, addition to the franchise. Uh, I loved all the actresses that were present, and we did get a couple of cameos from uh, some people from uh, the uh, Ocean's trilogy, I guess if you want to call it that. But uh, it's it's I a great don't. it's a great fun two hours and uh, I really love how they put the heist together and then execute it and it's full of laughs and uh, I, I highly recommend that. So uh, haven't seen anything since then. Uh, this weekend I'll go see Skyscraper. I'll go see Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Ah. And uh, the director of uh, Winter's Bone has a new movie coming out called leave no trace with Ben Foster. And I'm going to see that as well before the next, next week is of course equalizer two, which is very important 
to everyone here at Entertainment Landfill, especially the Jaystrom. Can't wait to hear what he thinks about that. Oh, it is. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I've got to get back to work. Uh, like I said, I didn't have much time, but um, no. I hope the show goes great for you guys, and uh, hope you and your families are doing well. Hope hope everyone's not burning up and melting away like the planet wants us to do because we treat it like crap but anyway uh much love and respect and uh good luck with the show tonight guys i will speak to you later bye well thank you very much adam i love when you bring up john woo i remember back in the day in the 90s we were talking about john woo all the time but now it's kind of like left our brain adam i have some homework for you i want you to go on uh uh, a Hunt for a Movie. It's a John Woo movie from 1998. And IMDb says this was a TV movie, which is hilarious, because I only saw it on straight-to-video at Blockbuster. I believe oh, I rented it. And it's called Blackjack. This movie is starring Dolph Lundgren. That's right, a Dolph Lundgren movie directed by John Woo. Let me just read you the plot. Dolph Lundgren plays Jack Devlin, a U.S. Marshal who protects high-profile clients when it comes to a matter of security. That's right. So, basically, this movie is badass. If you want to see Dolph Lundgren blowing dudes away with a shotgun, riding on a motorcycle while shooting a pistol then you need to check out this movie. Cause I remember renting this from blockbuster, bringing it over to Heather's parents house. And I'm like, Hey everybody, I rented a movie. It's called blackjack. And everyone's like, what's that? And I go, it starts Dolph Lundgren. He plays Jack Devlin. Oh, sign me up. Let's check it out. Directed by John Woo. Directed by John Woo. Let's check out the trailer. From John Woo, the high-action director of Face Off and Broken Arrow, comes Blackjack. Dolph Lundgren is Jack. Devlin. Jack Devlin. He's one of a kind. They don't make guys like you anymore. And the only bodyguard you'll ever need. Dude, he... It looks like he's jumping on trampolines. The spectacular Cinder James is the target of a madman. How can you protect her from me? The stakes are raised. Put her in a fixed position for more than an hour. Might as well write her name on the bullet. And the action is hot. Oh, yeah. are bad he's the best there is come on jack Dolph lundgren oh hell yeah the new film from acclaimed director john woo yeah dude i want to go watch about police corruption Uh oh the next video is playing (laughs) 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 but uh Adam, look for that. I think it said it's on Amazon. Uh, I don't know if you have to purchase it or it's on Prime, but Blackjack. I love it. Who are you, Jack? Jack Devlin. Oh, okay. But uh, I remember watching that and just cracking up going, what is John Woo doing? Is he like 
was this a pilot to a TV show? <laughs> they turned it into a movie. I have no idea, but I, I still, it's entertaining and cheesy as hell, but still, I love it. Just seeing him, he's jumping through the air, firing <laughs> pistols. Like they'll show quick flashes of bad guys on motorcycles. Like John Woo's like, okay, let's get some guys on motorcycles in here with machine guns. And then Dolph, you bounce on this trampoline. Jump you about to... 20 feet in the air and start shooting. <laughs> yeah, just start shooting your pistols. <laughs> and release the doves. They open the door and all the birds fight. <laughs> um, whoa, I'm starting to knock shit over. But, oh, man, I love it. Thank you, thank you for bringing up uh, John Woo. I love John Woo. And I'm going to check out Manhunt. It's on Netflix. That sounds like fun. Thank you guys so much for uh, sending your voicemail. It's great to hear from you. Now, Stephen, he brought up Ant-Man and the Wasp. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yes. thought it was... Uh, did, have you seen Jurassic World yet? Yes. Oh, you did see Jurassic yes. World. Let's talk uh, about Jurassic World. What is it called, the whole title? Jurassic World what? Fallen Kingdom. That's right. So, um, there's a... Uh, the spoiler here. No, I'm not going to give a spoiler. But there's a, a a moment where a character does makes a decision, and the decision that person makes impacts a lot of people. Do you know what decision I'm making? At the very end, yes. Was that a ridiculous, selfish decision made yes. by that person? No. Will Will that decision that person made? cause a lot of death yes <laughs> yes it will <laughs> and i kept thinking that mass casualties will happen and i here's we're supposed to side with the dinosaurs in these movies and i've never gotten what i wanted in these movies i want dinosaurs versus humans like aliens the movie with like you know machine guns you know, mowing down raptors and stuff you kind of got that in the third one when the little kid got trapped on the island not really i've I never seen kinda. I kinda. Uh, we've never seen like a guy firing like a missile launcher at a t-rex and it exploding That's, its head or anything yeah, these movies are pro dinosaur it wants us to root and for the dinosaurs everybody want, they want to they want to tranquilize every dinosaur and try to save it right and the actually you know the the dinosaurs the herbivores they're all nice but in this there's blue the friendly Velociraptor, which he's still scary around other people he doesn't know. He'll eat you and I because we're not Chris Pratt. Yeah. But Chris Pratt, he well, loves gonna, him. He's not going to. I'm going to start carrying a Chris Pratt m- mask in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah. Or a little clicker. And a clicker. <laughs> Bites our hands off. Uh, you but don't smell like Chris Pratt. <laughs> I love the one actor. What's that guy's name? He played Buffalo Bill in uh, that one movie. <laughs> Do you know that movie? <laughs> Coolest movie guy. That's who I am. <laughs> Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <laughs> Buffalo Bill from Silence of the yeah, Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Like, that actor. Do you, you know the guy who was in the, he played the Buffalo Bill. He had the night vision goggles on. He was great in the movie. Did you like how he had pliers and he would pull teeth out of the dinosaur? I thought this movie, I had a good time. It was loud as hell. We saw it at Dolby Cinema. But there was a lot of, like, uh, it was pretty dark. 
Ted Levine. It was pretty dark. We saw dinosaurs get their teeth pulled. We got we saw a Velociraptor get operated on with no anesthesia and pain, getting a bullet pulled out of it. We saw a uh, what are they called? The big brontosauruses, like like you're leaving me. We saw dinosaurs tumble off mountains in the water, probably most likely to drown. This is some dark shit. Am I right? Yes. What? How did? Well, some of them. It's like. You saw him the the little uh the one they called the tank, you know, and he's paddling. His mm. little nose is just barely above water, you know. So yeah. Did he really swim or did he sink? Did he just tire out and die? Yes, he's dead, and it's really <laughs> sad. Uh, it's very upsetting. So I thought this is pretty dark, but I do think it's funny that decision that well, character how, how made. How dark was it that Ted? Le- well, I, I thought I, that. I don't want to give too much away. Um, well, what's funny is well, the way he, they set it up. There's a part where he opens up a cage and walks in. And I, I, I wanted to say out loud, go, what? Why are you going in there? But then they already set up. He likes to collect teeth because well, he's a the, sicko. The, he's uh, like Robert G. Duran, Dark Man with his finger collection. The first scene um, when they find Blue. And I won't say what happens, but... That's kind of dark. What happens? What they? Oh, what, and they leave uh, Chris yeah, yeah, Pratt behind. That's what I was not trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, that's just a small moment in the film. But yeah, it's like they left him there. I was but like, then holy the law was flowing at him. They pretty much. Uh, yeah, that part was hilarious. It's like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I thought I thought it was a fun, entertaining movie. What's funny is there's a lot of people who are super diehard Jurassic Park fans because they were a certain age when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. I was a certain age when Jurassic Park came out, and I enjoyed the film. But the movie is it doesn't mean a lot. You know, I'll watch it whenever it's on. It's a classic or whatever. But it doesn't, I don't hold like it in Star high regard Wars where it's like, thing. how dare they? I mean, I do think, like, I've had nitpicks about Lost World, the second one, things that drive me nuts about it. And it has nothing to do with a girl doing gymnastics either. Um, it's, it has to do with the guy going to pee in the middle of the jungle. And I've talked about that at yeah, length yeah. before. But also, uh, Jurassic Park 3, uh, I thought was more entertaining than 2. A lot of people hate on that. But... A lot of people are very critical of the Jurassic Park world movies because of how important the first one was to them. I'm not like that. I just want to sit down and watch a dinosaur movie. When it's over, I get up and I leave the theater and I don't really think much more about it. Except for what that one decision that person made. I told you my favorite scene of part three, didn't I, with Tia Leone? What's that? Is uh, the, the body of her boyfriend comes out of the tree and it scares her and she goes running off. Watch that scene because her arms are rubber. She's just like flailing like mad, like it like it really happened to her. And it just it just cracks me up every time because it looks like somebody throwing a fit running. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll check that out, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> that one just cracks me up every time I see it. It's hilarious. Now, Stephen, did you see Incredibles too? No, I did not. Oh, you didn't see that? That's great. You need to see that. It's claymation. It's awesome. Claymation. Pixar does great claymation, but it's such a fun story. You know, Elastigirl, she's the star of the movie, which I think is really cool. And uh, it's just entertaining. I thought I thought it was really well done. You know, it's Pixar. You know, those guys know what they're doing, I guess, you know. But uh, I was just totally entertained. Superhero movie. Uh, it's funny how much time has passed between the first Incredibles. You know, Emma, she was... A tiny little thing. We're watching The Incredibles like over and over again. I haven't seen it again since 
what was she like four or five or something? And uh, now she's 14 and we're sitting here watching the sequel and I uh, thought it was good stuff. You need to check out Incredibles too. Did you like the first one? Yes. Pretty good claymation, right? Yes. Most smooth claymation I've ever seen. <laughs> now, Ant-Man and the Wasp, he was talking about the end stinger. I won't uh, get it. Stinger, Wasp. <laughs> but I thought the movie was hilarious. It was a very funny, entertaining mm-hmm. movie, wasn't it? Yeah. There's the whole bit about truth serum that yeah. just kept going on and on. I love when a joke keeps going. And I love that that joke. Michael Pena is great. He he is. He tries to steal the movie. Yeah, he he was. And I like that uh, the Wasp, she's a total badass. And just, I love that kind of world. You don't need all the other superheroes in it. I love the the world that it inhabits. And I love how, you know, the first movie is about shrinking things down. But in this, there's a lot of objects getting shrunk in and blown up and stuff. And they had a lot of fun with that. And the villain, I don't. She's not necessarily evil. She's just uh, kind of this troubled she's person. A chick from Killjoys. Yeah, from Killjoys. Hannah John Kamen, who's yes. been in a lot of big movies lately. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. most recently in Ready Player One. Yes. And I don't know if you know this, Stephen. Uh, I pointed this out to Heather a long time ago. She's a one of the uh, console people working a console uh, on Star Killer Base in The Force Awakens. She's oh. just like they're in a headset, like, sir, we need to so and so, and it's just like I a small. I did part. notice it. It's- yeah, and I, it's funny. I saw somewhere online. It's like you won't believe this, but the ghost from Ant Man and Wasp is in the Force Awakens. I'm like, oh, get out of here with this crap! I already knew that. I knew that a long time ago because I watch Killjoys. Oh, what I just saw too was really funny. Uh, I follow. Uh- Matt Johnson, the 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 band. Mm-hmm. Matt Johnson's in the Force Awakens. Oh, really? It's like he's a, a stormtrooper. He walks by, does a little look like that, and <laughs> is he in a helmet? No. Oh, oh so you, you can see, see his face. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man, J.J. Abrams had a lot of people in there, didn't it's he? It's like he's a, he's these I guess friends with J.J. Abrams. Wow. J.J.'s got a, owes a lot of favors. So if you know I who think Matt Johnson or the other is, and yeah. yes, a kind of. Maybe, you know, they put on, on the Facebook page, it showed the clip of him. And there goes, if you blinked, you missed it, because he just walked by. Well, Daniel Craig's in it, too, Stephen. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Now, Stephen, uh, did you see Ocean's 8? No, sir. Okay. Um, n- next, no, not next week. I think it's two weeks away, actually. Next week, like Adam said, Equalizer 2 comes out. Do we want to see Equalizer? Maybe. What I'm really excited about is the Mission Impossible Fallout. I'm super excited about that. Because I just, I've loved those movies. The last several of them have been very entertaining. And if you would ask me, the last one was called Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. Or was that what the last one was, Heather? So. Ghost Protocol. But anyway, it's already got reviews. It's 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't come out for two weeks because a lot of people have already seen it. But it's... I I read good things. And I want (laughs) to see it. But uh, what can I say about Ant-Man and Wasp? It's a fun movie. If you guys like Marvel stuff, you will go see it, right? Yeah. I think you should. Everybody should go see it. What do you think about the ending thing? Did you think, uh, like, oh, no more of this or were you like oh. well, i mean i expected something along that line 
I'm ready for the Micronauts to come into that. Do you remember the Micronauts? <laughs> yes. I'm, are, are they working towards that? Are they going to introduce the Micronauts? They could. The one thing I, do, I wonder about is because the Micronauts was a uh, toy line that Marvel did comics to. Hasbro ran the toys. Do they have the rights to put them in movies? Is That's what I don't understand. You know what I mean? I guess they'd still have to buy the rights from Marvel. There's probably a, a other, you know, in that microscopic subatomic world, there's probably all sorts of characters in there mm-hmm. that I could research and wonder who they're going to introduce. Because uh, I just remember the name Acro Year, some guy named Acro Year. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had the little figure when I was a kid. Very cool. Now, Stephen, what do you say we get into some uh, some news, entertainment news? Does that sound uh, pretty wicked awesome? Yes. All right. (laughs) Do I sound enthusiastic? Yes. Okay, good. All right, this is what you've been waiting for. Some entertainment news. God help us. Yes, that is right, uh, TRS Eddie. The first one is Talking Dead, Yvette Nicole Brown to take over as interim host next month, stepping in for Chris Hardwick. Uh, the reason I think this is funny is because, oh, it's not really funny. I, I don't know if it's funny. Uh, I don't, do you watch the talking dead? Or do you still watch the walking dead period? I watch it, but do you still I watch don't the, watch the talking. Did dead. you hear about all the stuff that Chris Hardwick, yes. where a previous girlfriend accused him of some things and he immediately, we immediately was pulled off television. Right. All off the nerdist off everything. Yeah. And he was supposed to host some panels, walking dead panels at San Diego comic-con and they put a vet in a, Cole Brown in the position right. because apparently she's always a great guest on the talking dead. She's really into the walking dead. Right. So they put her in there and she said, I'm not here to steal anyone's job. They asked me to do this. It's a one-time thing, but now <laughs> she's a, uh, well, until they solve the mystery of Chris Hardwick, <laughs> the mystery, did he, or didn't he? Yeah, I don't know if they can do that, but Yvette Nicole Brown will step in as an interim guest host of the Walking Dead Season 9 preview special and Talking Dead when it returns following the premiere of Fear the Walking Dead. The network said in a statement, as we work to complete our assessment related to Chris Hardwick, is he or is he not an asshole? I can already answer that. Yes, he is. (laughs) It's funny because... too bad Bill's not here because he has strong feelings about Chris Hardwick, and he always has, yeah. uh, which is the guy's got nothing, and it's so strange that he's like this famous person where he has zero charisma, right? and he has a face like Silly Putty. There's just like nothing interesting about him. I look at him, and he's just nothing. I mean, I don't get it, I, and I, I never I'm, have. Is it okay... He's attractive enough male, and he's also likes or loves nerdy things. Yeah. Again, and, we need I mean, Bill it, here to uh, to weigh in on this. <laughs> I mean, is he is he a f- poser, liking the nerdy stuff just to have a job, or does he really love it? You know, I'm just yeah. I suspect uh, things like that, and also, you know, I just. I've always just wondered, like, he's a comedian. Is he funny? Oh, as a stand-up? Yeah. His stand-up is funny? Yeah. Is he? I don't know. Never seen any of his stand-up, sir. 
Okay, Stephen, speaking of zombies, Zombieland 2 is happening. That's a segue and a half. There, complete buddy. with all four <laughs> original stars. Yes, thank you. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Nine years after the original Zombieland introduced us all to its low-key, cardio-heavy take on the undead end of the world, its cast and director have finally come back together for a sequel. Deadline reports that Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, and Abigail Breslin, and the director, Ruben Fleischer, have now all signed on for Zombieland 2, presumably with a whole new set of pithy survival rules in tow. It's been a strange decade for Zombieland, as Amazon attempted unsuccessfully to transform it into a TV series. Wow, that was a bad pilot. Did you ever watch that? Gross. It's obvious that was back before Amazon was really like in, they really put much money into shows. Right. They, you could tell they put no money into the pilot for zombie land. <laughs> it was just bad. Uh, a few years back, eventually abandoning it as part of its old, let's make a bunch of pilots and see what sticks approach to development. According to those who've seen the pilot, it didn't really stick. Rumors of a cinematic sequel have been swirling around ever since the first film's release, though. Spurred on by reasonably strong box office performance and an irresistible sense of zombie-slaying fun. Now it's finally happening, complete with suggestions for that second film with a will widen its scope, including at least one vignette focused on zombie chaos in the White House, apparently. How do they know this already? And offer up new types of zombies as the apocalypse rages on. The most important thing, though, obviously, will be the return of the film's original cast, which was such a major part of its success. Another being a celebrity cameo so good that we're still loath to spoil it nine years later, but which sadly probably won't feasibly get a reprise. Yeah, it, uh, why would it? I won't spoil who's in it. Dun 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 Because that would just be wrong to spoil it for somebody who's seen it, wouldn't it, Steven? It would just be rude because you you'd want that surprise when you watch it. By the way, never a fan of Zombieland. I never thought it was that great. I thought it was trying too hard. And my main problem with most zombie things is that the characters do stupid decision, make stupid decisions. Right. And I've ranted about this long ago on the show, where the main characters were. Uh, Emma Stone and her sister decide against the wishes of uh, Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg, who are their backup, essentially, that they run away and they go to an amusement park because her sister always wanted to go to this amusement park. So they go and they're promptly surrounded by zombies. And these are fast moving zombies, right? Yeah. And they're like, what will we do? We can't, we're all alone. We can't, you know, we're, we're screwed. But luckily the guys show up in time to help save them or whatever. But it was just the whole third act is based on a really stupid decision. Yes. And I had a major problem with that. Well, I know the movie is silly and funny and all that kind of stuff. And it's just basically it's supposed to be like, oh, <laughs> I had a good time. And then you leave the theater, right? And then you never think about it again. But instead, I just dwelled on that. That, that it should have never been a blockbuster the way it was. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know. But there was like a, a kind of, it was popular when it came out. Like people were talking about, oh, got to see Zombieland, you know. I just remember being really put off by the slow-mo kind of, was it Metallica opening titles and it was supposed to, like when as i was watching it i was like oh i'm supposed to think this is badass i think 
But instead, I didn't. You're know so cheated. I thought they were trying to, way too hard, Stephen. <laughs> when in doubt, pinky out. <laughs> Do you mean putting on airs? <laughs> Do you know what I'm doing, Stephen? No, sir. I'm doing Patrick from SpongeBob. Oh. Joss Whedon sci-fi drama about badass Victorian women lands at HBO. I love that headline. <laughs> Uh, the Whedonverse is expanding to HBO. The premium cabler on Friday, don't call it that. The premium cable channel, we'll go with that, gave a series order to Joss Whedon's The Nevers, which is described as an epic science fiction drama about a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. Whedon, who previously toyed with creating a Victorian female Batman for the stalled comic book series, twist will write direct what i've never heard of any of that will write direct and executive produce the hbo drama as well as serve as the showrunner his previous live action tv forays included of course buffy the vampire slayer angel and firefly as well as dollhouse and the co-creation of marvel's agents of shield where his brother Jed serves as the co-runner. I like how they throw that in there. I honestly couldn't be more excited, Whedon said in a statement. The Nevers is maybe the most ambitious narrative I've created, and I can't imagine a better home for it than HBO. Not only are they the masters of cinematic long form, but their instant understanding of my odd, intimate epic was as emotional as as it was incisive. It's been too long since I created an entirely new fictional world world and the hbo team offer not just scope and experience not just prestige prestige but a passionate collaboration he added i could go on but i'm impatiently grateful to say i have work to do and of course now hbo blows smoke up our ass with we have long been fans of the incredibly talented and prolific joss whedon and we can't think of a better project with which to welcome him to the HBO family. We look forward to meeting the strange multifaceted characters of the Nevers to learn their stories, see them in action and share with them. Our viewers. We're honored that just shut up. Jesus. <laughs> now to the comment section where people are all smart asses and horrible people. Let's see what they have to say. I'd rather them just adapt leave league of extraordinary gentlemen. That is made for a TV show. Okay. You suppose we could talk him into including a cast member who looks like she's Agent Carter's grandmother? What? Great, but he needs to not write it. He needs to hire some great female writers. Do not come at me about this. (laughs) What? Now, Stephen, here is uh, some other news. This is not uh, entertainment news, but... um, you have a Google phone, right? You have a, 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 a an Android phone. Yes, an Android. You know what's not fun? Spam calls. Picking up the phone to be told you won an all-expense-paid cruise after simply handing over your credit card info gets old really fast. And to help filter these out of your day, the Google Phone app for Pixel and Nexus devices is getting a new direct-to-voicemail feature for them. Now, the reason I'm uh, it, this report's the uh those phones but actually it's going to happen across the board 
First spotted by 9to5Google, this will send any calls that are detected as spam right to your voicemail. You'll be able to listen to the messages on the voicemail tab in your Google phone, and you will see calls show up in your call history. But your phone won't ring, and you won't get a notification when your voicemail is left. So basically what you'll do is you'll check and you'll see if you have a voicemail. Usually if nobody says anything, they just don't leave a message. When I get that scam likely call, Mm -hmm. I answer it and I put it up to the speaker in the car and I just turn it up real loud. (laughs) (coughs) You answer it. Do you block it afterwards? No, no, no. I want it to happen again. (laughs) I I, I almost always put it up to a stereo or I'll, I'll just answer it and just I'll set it down on the desktop wherever I'm at. Nice. And let it set for minutes. I don't until they hang up. Well, they did an update. They said, "Well, looks like those few weeks ended up being just a few months. Either way, this feature is now widely rolling out to all users. To access it, open the phone app and go to settings, caller ID and spam, and you'll see a new toggle labeled filter spam calls. Once you turn this on, you'll never be interrupted by a spam call again." And uh, I checked, I had it, Heather's phone had it, and I turned it on on both of them. And we haven't had any spam in a while, but there was a while where what was going around was getting calls that look a lot like your own number. Have you seen that? Uh Where it'll be like, just like... That's all the scam likely ones I get. Yeah, they all look similar, like, well, could this be somebody I know? It's from my area code. No, no, they're just trying to, to screw you. So what you do, Stephen... Uh, you may or may not have it yet, but it'll roll out to the, your Google phone app. You just hit settings, see where it says caller ID and spam filter spam calls, prevent suspected spam calls from disturbing you. You can turn that on. You'll never have to, you won't even get the phone call. You may see it like sometimes, like if you look in your voicemail, you might have a voicemail and it'll just be a hang up or something. What's it called? You go settings, caller ID, and spam. Click on the phone icon right here. Like you're making a phone call kind of thing. Okay. Click on that. And you have the three dots up at the top. Okay. Click that. Go to settings. Okay. Then there's caller ID and spam. Do you see that? Nope. All right. It's in there somewhere. It it's in there somewhere. But <laughs> we'll find that. But uh, the reason I want to do this story is because it's a, it's valuable to... Uh, Turn that on and never be disturbed by spam again because there's nothing worse than spam, is there? No. It's it's terrible. This is terrible. Now, Stephen, what do you, you say we do some Rotten Tomatoes? Yes, sir. I'd love to do some Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Let's do it. Did I close my folder? I don't know. I wasn't really asking, Steve. All right. I know. <laughs> you say neither. I say either. You say neither. And I say neither. Either, either, and either, neither. And let's call the whole thing off. Yes, you like potato. And I like potato. You like tomato. I like tomato. Potato, potato. Tomato, tomato, let's call the whole thing off. I like stale tomato juice. All right, Stephen. Uh, the first movie I want to talk about is Skyscraper. The this, one you want to go see so bad, right? Yes. Global icon Dwayne Johnson leads the cast of legendary Skyscraper. As former FBI hostage rescue team leader and U.S. war veteran Will Sawyer. 
who now assesses security for skyscrapers. You can't make this shit up. <laughs> he doesn't have his cool name as Jack Devlin, though, does no. he? On assignment in China, he finds the tallest, safest building in the world suddenly ablaze, and he's been framed for it. A wanted man on the run. Will must find those responsible, clear his name, and somehow rescue his family, who's trapped inside the building above the fire line. That's right. Directed by Rawson Marshall Thurber. Okay. Uh, The movie stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Nev Campbell. Hey, Nev Campbell. It's good to see her, right? What has she been up to for years? Do you remember her name from Party of Five? What was her name? I remember they were the, um, the... You don't remember anything. No, no, no. I remember Bay, Bailey. Bailey. He was the brother. Salinger, Bailey Salinger, and uh, Charlie Salinger. Uh, there was a little girl, um, she had a real annoying name, and then there was Neff Campbell's name, it was... Shit, I don't know, maybe it'll pop into my head. Matthew Lacona of San Diego Reader says, The pleasures here come from watching an extraordinary physical specimen go through a low-tech workout routine thousands of feet above the ground as he tries to rescue his family from a burning skyscraper. I give it a one out of five. What? I didn't understand any of that. Ty Burr of Boston Globe says, as a streaming option on a slow night or a long flight, the movie has its uses. But you've seen almost all of this before with more wit and a better villain. Two out of four. I hated it. All right. Adam Graham of Detroit News says, all Skyscraper has going for it is a tall building. I give it a C-. minus. Brad Wheeler of Globe and Mail says, Skyscraper itself defies gravity in plain sense and humor and self-awareness and most things, even a dumb, hot-buttered blockbuster would have even a little of. One out of four. (laughs) I kind of lost it there. Joe Morgenstern of the Wall Street Journal says, The movie is great. Outlandish fun because the star makes it so. He's a soft soul and an action hard body. What? <laughs> I love Julia Salinger. Julia! Yes. Calvin Wilson says just another film that squanders the movie star charisma of Johnson, who should consider lending his box office clout to more worthy projects. I give it a two out of four. I do not pass go. I do not collect $200. Good day, sir. Wow. Did he need to write all of that, Stephen? Now, Anne Lee Ellingson of LA Biz says, a rip-roaring homage to the 80s action classic Die Hard with liberal accelerants from the Towering Inferno and MacGyver tossed in. Oh, wow, now she's selling me. Ooh. Mark Ellis of Schmoes No says, if you have a star like Rock with his charisma and humor but toned down, he's a believable. he's believable as a family man. 3.4 out of 5. I make it fresh. I love this movie. Best movie of the year. Wow. Robert Colger of Flickering Myth says, Skyscraper may not reach the sky, but it certainly doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel. Boo. It's founded on propulsive momentum, and it never looks back. Three out of five, I do collect $200 when I pass go. Oh, man, I think that was shade at the other other reviewer earlier. 
Christian Harloff says it can make you say that's ridiculous, but it's ridiculous in a way that I enjoy it. 3.2 out of 5. Jim Judy, we love that guy, Stephen. He says, if you're simply looking for scenes of over-the-top and gravity and physics-defying action and The Rock doing death-defying stunts, you could do far worse than what's offended he- offered here. Offended. Full content review and violence profaning, etc. If you click on here. No, I will not be clicking on that. Barry Paris says, silly but satisfactory summer fun. Three out of four. And yes, I got paid for this short review. Wow. Good deal if you can swing it, right? Mm-hmm. All right. I need to take a drink, Stephen. So you think Claudia is a... Claude. That's what they always called her. Mm-hmm. All right. Mike... McGranahan, Mike McGranahan says skyscrapers like t- <laughs> don't even do it, Jason. <laughs> Skyscraper is like the towering inferno meets Die Hard without being anywhere near as awesome as that sounds. I give it a one point five out of four. Matthew Razak says, like finding yourself in the middle floor of a tall building, it's not the best view, but at least when the terrorists come to take the building hostage, you'll be able to get out quickly. A 5 out of 10. And yes, I am patting myself on the back. Wow. He does have a fantastic mustache. Do you see it? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Handlebar. James Vernier of Boston Herald says, A dumbbell diehard ripoff held together with duct tape. C+. Again, passing? Oh, I love this guy's name. Jamal Dean Grootboom. And while it is entertaining for all the wrong reasons, there's no need for you to spend money on this. Two out of five. Steven, did you hear that? Do you think the the mic picked that up? Yes. Sorry, excuse me, everyone. (laughs) That laugh that I have. (laughs) All right, Stephen. I don't think you're really sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I was really sincere there, wasn't I? Stephen, Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation. There was a two? (laughs) Yeah, apparently. I remember seeing the first one in the theater when Emma was little. Uh, the, the, The crazy, wacky characters of Hotel Transylvania 3... Uh, Hotel Transylvania series in the third one, they uh, I'm summarizing. <laughs> they go on vacation. All right. Directed by Jendi Tartakovsky, who is a incredible animated animation director. He did the Clone Wars animated series. Not the um, I'm thinking of the 2D one, the hand drawn one. He's an incredibly talented guy to Samurai Jack, and now he's done this. Let's see what Oliver Jones says. Delivers reliably on the series' humble promise of sugared-up monster slapstick. The film is pleasingly mild and distracting. I give it a 2.5 out of 4. I do pass go. Any, it's fresh, Steven. All right, Jamie Rigetti says, Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation is a summer treat worth savoring, and a reminder that if we can see past our differences... We'll find we're not that different at all. Oh, that's sweet. Barbara Vandenberg says, Perhaps a vacation would serve this tired franchise well, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, I'll spell it out. What I'm basically saying when I refer to a vacation is that 
they should disappear and stop making these movies. There, have I cleared it up? Okay, Barbara Vandenberg. Wow. She gives it a 2.5 out of 5. Barbara, you're too old to enjoy it. Scott Mark says, don't insult your children by letting them near this. Zero out of 5. Whoa. That's rotten. Now that's rotten. (laughs) Brian Lowry of CNN.com says, although still visually pleasing, (laughs) I quite appreciate uh, computer graphics, but it's nowhere near like, say, hand-sculpted like, say, a Gumby. The latest adventure seldom sparks to life, even by the standards of its undead protagonist. (laughs) Okay, he's really pleased with himself. Christy Lemire says... It's so overly simplistic, and it's so hackneyed, and they don't really breathe a lot of life into that message. Having said that, though, there are enough light and goofy moments that are playful. Six out of ten. Wow, that's some ratings. I'm sure that article sucked. (laughs) She pulls it out at the end. Well, we'll see what Jim Judy has to say about it. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Any parents or teenage guardians in tow might wonder if those behind the scenes are grasping for straws here just to keep the franchise going. <laughs> um, he didn't really rate it, so I'm going to say... It wasn't really a review. Yeah, he's just, like, proud of himself. Wow. Carlos Dorio says, As a trilogy, Hotel Transylvania confirms its message of tolerance and inclusion, which is very important this day and age. And I love Count Chocula cereal. Okay, I'm not sure why he threw that in. This time he does it on the high seas with singular joviality and a good use of soundtrack. Who's he talking about? 3.5 out of 5. Michael Giacchino soundtrack. <laughs> Sounds good. I want to go see this. What about you? Yes. I got to see number two first so I don't get lost. Sarah Knight Adamson says, Kids and parents deserve quality films. Given this is the third strike, the Hotel Transylvania film series is out. 1.5 out of 4. Well, guess what, lady? It depends on how much money it makes. There'll be another one, okay? All right, uh, Christopher Campbell says, For such a busy animated feature, there's not much going on in Hotel Transylvania Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. I did a crossword puzzle in the theater. Oh, wow. He's so proud of himself. On my smartphone that bothered everyone else. Yeah, I play Candy Crush. Oh, I guess that's it, Steven. Remember that time I found, uh, like, where they they said... They described the offending things for parents. I wish I could find that again. Was that dog movie? The one that was... uh... They just had to pull from it to cut it out scenes. What's that? The dog movie that was just here recently, the where the dog was going undercover at the dog show. <laughs> what was that called? That sounds good. Now, Steven, I'm just going to read one review of Mission Impossible Fallout as a preview. As I said before, it's 93% fresh. It doesn't come out for two weeks. It's starring Tom Cruise... Who we all know who that is, right, Stephen? He's this guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Katie Holmes' ex-husband. Henry Cavill's in it. Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, and Sean Harris. Let's see. Let me pick one. 
Chris Nashawati of Entertainment Weekly says it delivers. More than that, it's become the rare franchise that seems to just get better, twistier, and more deliriously fun with each installment. I give it an A. I will see this movie again and again. In fact, I'll never see another movie again until there's another Mission Impossible in theaters, and then I'll go see that one. Wow, that's quite a dedication to the movie. Can you believe it? He will keep it in theaters permanently. Yeah, it's a, hey, there he is again, Chris Nashwadi. He's going to go see it again. You know what's funny? Joking about that. I remember when Mission Impossible 2 came out in theaters. Remember, that's your favorite one. <laughs> the motorcycle bit, the John Woo one. I remember we used to laugh at that part, the motorcycle bit, and he yeah. would be like, oh, it's never happened. I hate most motorcycle bits when they, <laughs> they don't do a true. What did you think about in this one? There was previews where they showed... Tom Cruise is really riding the motorcycle and endangering his life. Was yes. that like, okay, that's better. But in the John Woo one, the guys are riding towards each other, like jousting yeah. on the motorcycles. They're, they're sliding on the other sides of the motorcycle, shooting each other. But I remember an enter- Entertainment Tonight story with two guys who had, they were going to watch Mission Impossible 2 all summer long. And they were staying in the theater all day and all night and going the next day over and over again. And they were sitting there watching the movie in the theater. And they go, we've got somebody on the phone for you guys. And he was like, hey, guys, it's me, Tom Cruise. And they're like, whoa, hey. And he's like, hey, I appreciate your dedication to Mission Impossible 2. For fans like you that, you know, make this all possible. And they're like, oh, thanks, Tom. But I remember that happening. So, Can we do that? (laughs) We're going to do it, man. Awesome. Well, guys, that was Let's Read Rotten Tomatoes. Thank you so much for listening to me sarcastically read reviews. We'll see you on the flip side. All right, Steve. Thank you. Good night. Here all week, try the veal. And All right, everybody, that was, um, oh my goodness, sorry, excuse me, everyone. (laughs) What was that? Abrupt cutoff. Well, guys, that was the show, Entertainment Landfill News. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Our last episode was Entertainment Landfill News, episode 55. This is episode 56, then, because that's what comes after 55, Stephen. Yes. And that episode came out on June 12th, 2018. This one is being recorded on July 13th, 2018. So it's been a month. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Thank you guys so much for sticking with the show. I'm so sorry for the, you know, the little breaks here and there. The hijinks that goes on, you know, sometimes family stuff happens, you know. Yeah. I can't wait till we get Emma back. Uh, dinosaurs i can't wait till we um, make a decision that may, may affect the rest of the people i'm talking about i'm referring to jurassic world again <laughs> now let me ask you this Stephen: was the nerdy guy in jurassic world who screamed like a girl was that funny uh no all right uh, just checking uh, i mean i for the most part i didn't mind him being the nervous little guy you know, the girl who was in it, the doctor, 
it almost was like, okay, and your character is basically Janine Garofalo. That's what I felt like she was doing. That's hilarious. Didn't it seem like she was Janine Garofalo yeah. in the part? Because I guess I had watched, recently, Reality Bites was on, and yeah, I was like, looked, that's who a character reminds and me of. the other guy looked like the nerdy guy from the IT crowd. The, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like yeah, that? yeah. Uh, Iote, yeah. Richard Iote or something like that. He kind of reminded me also of uh, the guy from, never mind. I can't. Uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, the one um, we watched, um, space. the Yahoo Space. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that show. Uh, the That's what I was going to say. The, the, um, oh, damn it. <laughs> It's in space. It's funny comedy in space. Spaced? Spaced? No, that's uh, no. that's uh, Simon Pegg. Yes. It's a space movie. Space show. It's a space show. And uh, we're just embarrassing ourselves. Yeah, yeah. The cab driver from Deadpool. That guy. Yes. He was on a show, a Yahoo show. Paul Feig wrote and directed it. It was very funny. And it had the word space in it. And I liked it. What do you have to say about that? Space lunch. Space lunch. Now, definitely wasn't called that. Okay. Other space. Oh, dang it. You got it. <laughs> Other space. That was a funny show. Um, that's when Yahoo was like, hey, let's save We're community. Netflix. Huh? <laughs> we're going to be Netflix. Or... Yeah, we're going to be Netflix, and we're going to save community. And it's just like, okay, this isn't working. Shut it all down. And what was the other the the other one with the uh, 007 type character? They were they were miniature spies. Uh, the, the Zachary Levi one. Is that where they're little spies, and the one dude was a thumb? <laughs> you remember that one? There, there was what was that called? Zachary Levi was the star, and he was this tiny commando guy. Yeah, yeah. Tiny, and tiny. Was it tiny commando? commando? Was that it? <laughs> Shit! This is just look stuff up on IMDb show. That's. <laughs> You're right, I should. Yeah, Tiny Commando. Tiny Commando. That's right, Zachary Levi starred in this strange series that was available on Yahoo. And I think it was, where is that, Stephen? What year did that come out? 2013. 2013. Tiny Commando, there we go. And I believe, was it... Creators Jacob Fleischer and Ed Helms. Ed Helms was a co-creator of it, and he was also the bad guy. Yes. His name was Caesar Pequeno, and he his hands were just thumbs. Yeah, <laughs> it was just the goofiest thing. Gillian Jacobs was in it also. Mitzi McNeil, and I thought the show was a lot of fun. I wonder if that's available to watch anywhere. Tiny Commando, very silly, but uh, yeah. Guys, if you would, visit etlandfill.com. There you can find all of our previous shows, and I hope you enjoy them as you listen to them. Also, you can find links there for our Entertainment Landfill Fan Club there on the Facebook. You could find us on there and post stuff and like it and comment and stuff like that. Right, Stephen? You can. You can have a grand old time. Thank you guys so much for If you write that. to us, we might even answer. Also, you could become a patron of the show for as little as a dollar a month. You get all sorts of free goodies and stuff like that. And hopefully we'll be doing some... I really am disappointed that we didn't get to do, like, reactions of movies right when we came out of the theater. That's really hard to do. 
a lot of times, especially well, when... Especially we were doing to the 11 o'clock show coming out at 2 in the morning. Yeah, and that's the thing. This is the craziest thing about the AM, the, the Cinemark next to our house. I almost said AMC. Is that they're phasing out 3D there. Yes. Um, so the XD theater, if you use... It used to be... Did you guys... Did you hear that? My voice made it like a... Edit that out and post. So, <laughs> Cinemark, like say for instance, uh, right now in an XD. Uh, wow, Hotel Transylvania 3 is an XD. Skyscraper isn't. Wow. So, uh, Hotel Transylvania 3 is an XD for three showings, none of them 3D. Let's see, there's got. Okay, Ant Man shows for a showing, two showings in XD, neither one of them 3D. See that? So, and now everybody's telling, you know, like Adam just said, and I saw somebody else said that, like, oh, see in 3D, it looks great. And I'm like, but we didn't see it in 3D. I figured, what does it matter anymore? But it's in 3 but what you is, see it in the theater that has it in 3D. Yeah, what are they doing? I know, you know, some movies we see aren't in 3D. It's We like the 3D. Yeah, we like the 3D. I hope Mama Mia is in 3D, Steven. So we can go see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our uh, chat room. Hey, Jessica. I missed your comment. Love to hear Adam's comments. Always something good. Yes, Adam is the best, you guys. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for your uh, patience. And we'll do some more shows soon, right, Stephen? We should. We're going to have a grand old time. You know what I'm saying? All right, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, what are you waiting for? Get out there, watch some shows, you know, some TV. What's good on TV right now, Steven? Everything. What is that? Everything, is what I said. And what is... I don't know. What's... Reverie on NBC? Uh, Preacher. <laughs> oh, you know what's good? Preacher just started. Cloak and Dagger. I've been oh. watching that show on Freeform, and I like it's I, well I done. I think of the Dabney Coleman thing. <laughs> Detroiters. Oh, Joe Para talks with you. I talked about that on Facebook. I love that show. It's an Adult Swim show. Each episode is like 13 minutes long, very short, but the show is fantastic. I'm telling you, go watch that and Detroiters, and we'll see you next time! Woo-hoo-hoo! Later days, Mortar Forkers, peace out. Now this is podcasting! <laughs>